We would be honored if you would join us. Ojaba. Ojaba. Testing, is this thing working? Hello? <laughs> hello, hello there. Hi. My name's Ayid. I'm Jen, and I think we're through the squadron. Yeah. Where is that Geesley guy when you need him? Yeah. Non-responsive little twit. Yeah, and I thought we were delaying all this because of you. <laughs> I totally wasn't watching Eurovision, so, and that's why we had to delay. No. Oh, so you're saying that the whole Eurovision is, is because Geesley was watching Eurovision, but he just sort of like, he wouldn't stand up and, and, and just say it. So he just said, oh, it needs to watch Eurovision. Yeah, uh, he probably is destroyed by the fact that Georgia couldn't make it to the grand final and he is uh, sitting in the sofa sobbing. Oh, that's uh, probably true. Did, did Iceland make it through? Yeah, we did. Okay. Denmark oh. didn't, though. Only Nordic country that didn't. Oh, yeah, well. Uh. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, you can sort of gauge on my interest that I'm not really following. <laughs> you silly. I, am silly. I mean, are you, are you even Nordic if you're not following Eurovision nor handball? Or football, for that matter? No, but I mean, I think it's different for handball, right? Because in handball... I mean, it's sort of like like soccer is a game where 22 people chase a ball and Germany wins. You know, handball, it's it's the same. There's just fewer people and Denmark wins. You're not wrong. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I mean, that's the only thing we're really good at. And I mean, I'm, I don't really get the sport, but I mean, if well, we're in a final or something, I might watch it. You have won the European West uh, Mesterscable. Yes. But that's yeah, a while ago, right? That is a while ago. But we win something every now and then, or at least get close. So I guess that works. Yeah. So, and uh, there's no Stefan as well. No, I, I think he will be joining us. And I mean, maybe Gisli will you know, dry them eyes and, and join us as well. I don't know. Yep. But I think we should just go. I mean, we've done this before. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. So, news. So, yeah, go go ahead. Yeah. So, we got more spoilers. We did get more spoilers of the Rogue Class Starfighter version uh, variety, even. Yeah, and this is where we need Steppy. It's all the way with the card reading and so on. I guess we can take a crack at it. I actually hope he comes. He comes. He comes because I mean we do have. I have sections later where there's long passages of text that I want him to read with the sultry reader voice. 
So. Is that like from one of your romance novels that you read or something? It may be, it may be. But uh, <clears throat> that's for later. Okay, but uh, do you want to... Do you want to do the, the the first one here? Yeah, I'll do the first one, then you can do the title. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough, fair enough. They go together, though. Yeah. All right. So we've got a Cat Bane in the world-class Starfighter. And uh, he's in his D4. <clears throat> and he needs no introduction, apparently. That is such uh, a bullish <laughs> subtitle there. Uh, and his his, uh, pilot ability text reads during the engagement phase after another ship at range 0 to 3 is destroyed you may spend one charge to perform an action even while stressed and he's got one charge and it recurs sure Yeah. this is the separatist campaign I think we we, yeah. we we talked about the scum version before, and it was something like when somebody is destroyed, you may remove a stress, I think, or a red token or something. Maybe, yeah, sure. I think that it was something. I think it was something like that. But I mean, I this is pretty good. Some something dies, you get an action, even if you're stressed. Yeah. And I mean, closely related to Cat Bane, we have the Sanadu Blood title. And I mean, at least as far as 2.5 goes, then I suppose he's the only one to equip that because that's sort of his personal ship. Mm-hmm. And so, what does the title do? Yes. So this is a, a title and it add crew and device slots and then it has a red cloak action which is freaking awesome if you take his uh ability into consideration yeah i mean um especially for the separatist version here eh? it's like i'm gonna shoot you I mean, kill you cloak and leave he's a 1.0 fa- a phantom shoots and then cloaks. Uh, he does need to kill, though. It's not like ah, sure. uh, Dooku yeah. okay. in the Infiltrator, where it's just like, yeah. after you attack, you may do an action. Hmm. Um, yeah. But, I mean, crew on, on a ship like that could also be really crew interesting. Crew and a device. Yeah. I mean, it's a 2252 ship, so it's pretty pewingy. Aside from the three attack, two attack, attack dice. It's very uh, what wingy? Uh, B wingy with a 5 2 stat line. Yeah. Or. It's, it's, it's chunky. It's got a lot of action options. Yeah, or you wingy. The focus actually, I guess, right? Two agility, um, seven health. A U wing is two agility, eight health. Sure. Yeah, okay. I can see it, but uh, I can't really... Since it's a small base, right? Yeah, and we don't know the dial. Yeah. And uh, it's action bars. You know, focus boost, focus barrel, evade barrel, target lock, 
and uh, red boost. And then it's add, the title is adding the cloak. Yeah. So it's got a lot of options. Yeah, it, it feels very weird because, I mean, that action bar is like, it's like a fang action bar, right? Yeah, yeah. Focus linked actions. Um, and evade. And it even has evade. So it's an interesting ship, and he still has that debt to rights ability. Yeah. And let's refresh that one. It's uh, while you perform an attack, if the defender's in your bullseye, a defense dice cannot be modified using green tokens. Uh, and it's interesting, while you perform an attack, it's not a primary. So this kind of fits in well with the uh, proton cannon. That also got spoiled, right? Yeah. And this is like the second spoiler, right? The first time we just got the name when they accidentally yeah, yeah. put it in the last points update. And yeah, and everybody points. thought it was a typo of proton torpedoes or something. Yeah. And uh, it's double cannon uh, slot. Yeah. And it's kind of immense. It's an inverse uh, heavy laser cannon. It's a bullseye four die attack uh, range two to three. And you can only shoot it every other round because it has two charges, so it has to cycle up. Yeah. Uh, attack, spend two charges, change one focus or hit result to a crit result. So therein lies the inverse heavy laser cannon thing. Yeah. I mean, um, it, it's pretty good. And Yeah, and I it's a bullseye thing. It's a bullseye thing, but I mean, the way 2.5 works now, if you are putting this on something that has like a decent initiative, you should be able to line up right in front of somebody who's going for an objective and just forward towards them, lock them, and yeah, then you and have a soft focus mod. Yeah. And if they pick so, up a box, they're probably going to drop it again. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and we got a lot of ships on the board. So the opportunities to line the, these up should be ample. Yeah, one would think so. But so I think, I mean, how would you compare this to a heavy laser cannon? Do you think it's better or worse or the very traditional, it depends? Um, well, it, it has a focus, uh, soft focus conversion. So it's better in that regards. But you have to have two cannon slots and you can only fire it every other round true so it's kind of even ish uh because yeah. there's less opportunities to use it but when you do it's kind of crushing yeah there's also like are you gonna get bullseye every round or every, only every now and then but on the other hand if you're only playing five rounds then i mean if you're getting you three shots twice. off with this you're really lucky right and probably twice yeah yeah. But I mean, four dice with a crit in there. Mm -hmm. That can be, you know, it's yeah. almost like getting hit with a proton torpedo. You do get your range free bonus, but that's about it. That's true. It's not range locked. And uh, I mean, if you have a, a soft reroll in your build, this yeah. should be or you, or you've pretty... taken a target lock. 
Oh, sure. Uh, it should be a easy three to four result thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, and, and I think this could also be interesting elsewhere. Like, uh, let's say you put it on a B-wing with mm -hmm. the foils. And you're like, ah, yep. uh, well, I have to spend the lock to shoot, but now I don't have any mods. Well, but you're Braylon sure. Does. Yeah, Braylon does. <laughs> and now Braylon could also have a focus bot. And two oh, yeah, that's right. I mean, it's really good on Braylon. <laughs> it's really good. Um, and it's probably pretty, it's yeah. probably pretty cheap. So, you, you know, you can go forward with yep. Braylon, uh, take a target lock, uh, potentially be coordinated or Hera, the focus or something. Then you yep. shoot off your, your proton torpedoes, which you can also afford because this is pretty cheap and you just use your focus oh, bots and, and your, and your brain rerolls to mod that. And then you follow up with a proton cannon. And yeah. I mean, you're putting in your, your, yeah, you're putting in pretty consistently two crits into the hull of the ship, possibly yeah. killing it. Exactly. That's just nasty. I mean, it's probably in the, uh, on the same line cost wise as the heavy laser, right? Yeah, I think it would be interesting. I think it, when it was spoiled, it was spoiled at three points. It seems. Mm. I mean, I can see why they put it cheaper than the HLC because it is only every other round, but it is significantly more of a quality shot. Yeah, yeah. Also, because crits and crit mechanics are so important for uh, for two point five in the in the boxes scenario, right? Yeah, and they, and they also put it as a double cannon slot, so. They're obviously limiting it to few ships. Sure. So it's interesting. All right. All right. We so wanna so then go to the next. Yeah, we also later we got just a few days ago we got spoiled a little series of. Uh, I suppose Murder this is the Ma this is the Magna Guards, the IGs. Yeah. Um, and I think I sort of expected we would have like a double pip Magna Guard. But I sort of think this is what we're going to get. Now we have four uh, Separatist pilots. That might be a generic. and then But then we've probably seen what Separatist will get. Because there's also needs to be room for scum pilots. So, so we yeah, have yeah. three of them. So IG-101, the Tenacious Bodyguard. At the start of the system phase, you may repair one face-up damage card. I-4. I mean, yeah. that is straight up interesting. Uh, not, you know, it's not a, like a bonkers, oh my god, uh, pilot ability. But, but I think, uh, it's, no. I think it's, it's, it's decent. But I mean, what... there's no real trigger here. It's just the start of the system phase. So if you get critted, you repair it. So, so it's pretty good. It's pretty even good. though you only have like four hulls uh, to, <laughs> um, but and then what you're dead. what does bring it down a notch, I think, is that instead of having that to rights like all the other rogue class we have seen, this thing has network calculations. Yep. Um, 
and then obviously it has it has calculates that are focus uh, as applicable, but all the same linked action otherwise. And I'm not sure whether it makes it better or worse. Um, I think it makes it worse, but. But then again, network calculations is pretty good. Yeah. I think the absolute key thing, and I think this goes for all three of these magma guards, is that they need to come out with enough loadout that you can put something that ups your attack power on them. Yeah. Because I think flying around like a seven health two agility ship with just a two dice gun, I think that doesn't sound very economical to me. No, not not appealing at all. Not at all. I mean, and it might actually work if you then could do that, but with death to rights, because then your two red dice would be a lot more scary. Yeah, but here, eh, eh, not impressed. But yeah, let's see what's uh, what's right. the what's the thing on the next one. Um, it's an IG one or two, dueling droid. While you defend, if the attacker's initiative is equal to or greater than yours, you may change one blank result. To a focus result. Hmm. Okay. So basically, with friends around and network calculation, you are more or less guaranteed to get one evade every time? Pretty much. I mean, if you're defending against the four, five, or six, because it's initiative based. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, so it's probably like a mostly blank ability in practice. I don't know. It might just be a spearhead uh, on the spear hunting down aces. I don't know if that's even a thing now. Yeah, but I mean, if you're hunting I mean, aces, they're not shooting at you, are they? I don't know. Uh, I mean, <laughs> not this one at least. Uh, so he'll be up front. Yeah. You want to shoot at the range one and one guy? Sure. Uh, he gets a uh, free weight, you know? Yeah, that's true. Okay. And then finally, for the rogue class, we have the IG 111 1i. <clears throat> After you perform an attack that missed. You may choose one enemy ship in your bullseye and gain one deplete token. If you do, that ship suffers one damage. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, that guy might actually not need loadout because he will just run around, shoot with his two dice and miss and do damage that way. Yeah. But he's I want... It's in your bullseye. It's zero to three. So you can bump one, shoot one at range three, and then hit the one that's uh, bumped on you. No, 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 no. Oh. Oh, yeah. It doesn't have to be the... No. Oh, the one damage. It it is like a... Sort of like a tyrannical thing. No, no. This is like uh, they've made a programming that sort of somehow does what Turani does. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like a Torani thing. It's a Torani uh, droid. Um, except you cannot okay. choose to just spend a token to not get it. Yeah, you just get it. And yeah, okay. The, this guy would have been kind of stupid with the uh, dead to rights ability, right? Yeah. Kind of doubled up on it. Yeah, true. But but the problem with that's right is it will probably cause you to not miss. You need to miss. So you just take a crazy shot and then that tokened up free agility ship All in front right. of you and your All bullseye right. just takes the damage. But I mean, at least it's only one ship True. in your bullseye. So you cannot just paint half the opponent's list with your bullseye and just do what Tarani does, right? But I mean, he is I-1. Yeah. So... You are sort of opting in to be in that bullseye with a lot of ships. Sure, yeah. I mean, even if you're barreling out a bullseye, you're uh, you're not picking up uh, op uh, objectives, and you're not doing your focus mods or something like that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And also, as a, as an I one, I mean, it's very likely that he blocks somebody, and if he blocks somebody, it's quite likely that they will be in his bullseye. True. So I mean, he could be really interesting, and he—I think he could work without loadout. Yes. Which means that he could this be allowed could be to be the cheap. Cheap, yeah. Less loadout, one point cheaper. The guy you pick when you have only room for three points or something—I don't know. Yeah, and then you could treat him like he's a very good vulture. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, I would take him for three points. I'm not sure if he's worth four, but. All right. Not without loadout. Anyway. I mean, Xanadu Blood. Would you put him on the droids? No. The title? No, and I think in 2.5, you can't. Because There's they... no restriction on the card. No, no, no. But they won't have the title slot. Just like, you know. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But they they've done a lot of it, like they did with Multicrow. It's only some ships that can take it, or the Millennium Falcon title, or yeah. Yeah. And the title doesn't have a cannon slot, so are we assuming that the uh, all of the rogue classes or some of them will have a double cannon slot native? I am absolutely assuming that, and I'm also assuming that on top of that, they will have missiles or torpedoes. Yeah, I think there will be, they'll be like heavy starfighters with a lot of ordnance, but the 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 factory ship guns are just weak. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see the dial. Yeah, the dial, kind of the dial, and the upgrade bar will will make or break this ship. Yeah, I agree. Okay, but uh, let's move on to the C ninety five for the clones or the Republic. Yeah, I mean Nobby's going apeshit on the on our chat, and we're totally ignoring him. We're totally ignoring him. What he's saying? He's saying auto damage, Torani light. Yeah, he likes and he, like, he, he likes our attempts of our at doing voices. I don't know who which yeah. of us. Maybe he likes both of us. Who knows? Yeah, let's just say that's it. We'll we'll pretend to do that. We are we're, we're Scandinavian people. We can do that. We all sound sound alike. Um, 
<laughs> so we're into Z95s. We are. Your favorite ship, right? Uh, I don't know if I want that to stick, but sure. I mean, these clone uh, C95s, they look... They look better than the normal ones. I really yeah. like the look of them. Sure, yeah. I mean, the abilities are quite nice. Let's get into those. Yes. All right. The first one is Initiative 2. And he's Killer. And he is apparently a dependable closer. Um, so, his ability reads... <clears throat> While you perform an attack, if the defender has two or fewer hull remaining, you may roll one additional die. If you do, gain one deplete token after rolling attack die. So, um, wow. It's blunt. No, not yeah. really. I mean, it's. Isn't there a, like a TIE fighter with a similar ability? I think there like, is there is there's one with the opposite ability, like uh, what is he called? Pure setback, right? It's like if you have more than two oh, remaining, yeah, yeah. you can get. Or if you have less than two damage cards, you can roll, roll yeah. an additional die. Uh, there is also Gideon Hask in several chassis, who gets an extra die if he shoots at something and he and there is at least one damage card. It's damaged. Yeah, that's it. That's what I was thinking about. But I mean, I think there are two key takeaways to this. First of all, yeah. it says while you perform an attack. So mm -hmm. it works for missiles and torpedoes. That's bonkers. Okay, go on. <laughs> okay. Secondly, it says two or fewer hull remaining. It doesn't say that he has to be damaged or he can't have shields. So if, oh, you, if you're shooting Blound so or an A-Wing or the Grand Inquisitor or something... It's fine. You get extra die. <laughs> That's the most stupid ever. Yeah. Oh, God. That guy's awesome. He's a killer. <laughs> so all of them cheap filler ships, people like putting into the list now? Yeah. This one is their bane, the bane of their sisters. So you get five die with proton torpedoes. Yeah, but I mean, five die HLC. He, yeah, but he, I mean, he probably doesn't have the loadout value for all that. But I ah, yeah, probably problem. I mean, and you can find uh, six dice advanced that. proton torpedoes. <laughs> but getting those off at I two might prove tricky. Um, oh my but god! But I mean, you probably want to have somebody with a tractor beam <laughs> with him. Yeah, but I mean, just I mean, if you are. Um, even if what he's flying around shooting with is like uh, an iron torpedo or an iron missile, sure, yeah, then it becomes really scary when you have an extra die. Yep, it's it's scary with four, and and the iron missile or a torpedo, whichever one it was. If you if you were ramping that up to five, you're and you got some odds, you're pretty much. Yeah, you're gonna iron that shit. Yeah. And I mean, who knows? You might have, you know, a talent slot and you can pop a trick shot on him or something. Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. Stop it. 
I, I but but then again, I think it's fair because he's just a C ninety five, and I mean, yeah. your opponent could really just shoot him. That, yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that's and, and that's that's counterplay, right? Kill him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's got. Uh, I, I can't. I, yeah, he's gonna uh, suffer for that because I can't tell you how often I, you know, kitted out Arvel Crind in the. A wing with intimidation and and try to get the block off and I never would. It was like always like a couple of millimeters and he would always die first, always. Yeah. Oh yeah, and then the art on him is just spectacular. I mean, it's a very specific yeah. style, but it's like there's a lot going on there. There's a lot. Yeah, people are dying. Yeah. So he's a killer. Stuff is blowing up. Okay. Yeah. Too bad he's uh, in the faction he's. No, but they need something with a little bit of punch. It's the two dice oh. gun faction. Yeah, because they've got survival builded for days and they need something to clear the table more. Yeah, they have maneuverability for days at least. Oh, okay. Anyway, That's I know you have you 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 have a, a anti Jedi uh, bias there. Oh yeah, I'm open about that. So. I, I'm the yin to your yang. Wait, wait, what? Something like that. Something like that. Okay, next we have Drift. CT 1020. While a friendly okay. ship at range 0 to 1 performs an attack, if you have exactly one non-lock red token or exactly one orange token, that ship may reroll one attack die. So he's like conditional how he one, one red. Oh, if you have one non-lock red and an, an orange token, then I think he works yeah. as well. Because and means and or. Yeah, yeah, and or, yeah, yeah. It's probably right. So, Oish. but he's like Howl Runner with a condition. Yeah, that's. That's frightening. And I free. I mean, maybe, but I mean, we do know that it's like it's not how running from the days of old. Not only because you need the token, you can probably orchestrate that if you, you can just fail a red power roll. I mean, it would be fine. But yeah. um, it's more this, you know, having to have friends consistently range 0 to 1 and have many of them, that's probably not happening. Yeah. Because you're spreading out. You're trying to get those objectives. Yeah. This True. guy might have worked in 2.0. Uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, there you could sort of, you know, fly him as like a like a cheap sinker or lot yeah. alternative, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, probably the least attractive of those three here. Yeah, but the, it's an interesting combo with Killer, right? Yeah, so let's see. And he even shoots before a killer, so he could uh, probably. No, but the problem is the problem is that it is drift 
that needs to have the red or orange the token. Yeah, sure. Hmm. Yeah. But you know so what's fun what what's funny about them is that if your opponent gives you if if your opponent really makes drift work for some reason, then you just have two of your ships lock him. No wait, that doesn't work. Ah darn. I was just like you could just put some red tokens All on right. but no. <laughs> just keep him. No. I mean and that's funny, uh if you if you wanna do if he bumps and then gets the red focus that opens up his ability. Oh yeah. Yeah. Huh. So another tip of the spear, right? <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's not bad. Hmm. Okay. You want to take All the right. last one? Sure. <sighs> last one will be short. Um, his name is Stub. <laughs> I first read that as Crappy Flyer, but apparently it's Scrappy Flyer. So, <laughs> while you defend, if the speed of your revealed maneuver is even, what? Roll one additional defense die. While you perform a primary attack, if the speed of your revealed maneuver is odd, uh-huh, roll one additional attack die. So if you're going twos and fours, you get better defense. If you go one, three, or five, you get better attack. Yeah. And it's only primary attack on this one. So it doesn't have the uh, <laughs> uh, the killer aspect of it. No, but I mean, I mean, first of all, no matter what speed you're going, you're either an A-wing or an X-wing. True. Right, you're either free two or you're two free because you're always getting yep, one yep. of them. Yep. Unless you're using your versatile frame to, to shoot things. But... Yep. I think it's... I think he's really good. Because yeah, I, this is probably probably gonna be pretty popular. Yeah. And it's interesting. Speed and here. I would yeah. say again, the sort of packaging in two point five is like super interesting because someone like this, you probably you're probably hoping for not having a lot of loadout points because that would just up his squad point cost. And yeah. this guy you can put in like with nothing. Like maybe a maybe a, maybe a talent or something. But yeah. I mean Doesn't if I anything. give me f two or four points to put upgrades on this guy and I'm happy. I don't need ten. I don't want to pay for that. And I also I like I like the theme in this card because Scrappy Flyer, you know, he's, he's flying, uh, you know, around the asteroids or, you know, catering, uh, it's, it's a lot going on. And, and depending on how he's flying, he gets a bonus, either defense or attack. So it's like really dynamic ability. Yeah. He sort and of then... sm smells a little bit like Lulo, right? In the yeah. RC2. Uh, but he does have to choose 
which version he wants to be when he sets his style, where Lulu can sort of do it by action selection. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. I think it's it's really interesting, especially also because it, you do have, you know, you do have blue moves at both one and two, and three. Yeah. So one, two, three, forward, and two banks. <laughs> yeah, and you have K turns also at both even and odd. Yeah, three and four. So if you're K turning and you expect to, you know, just kill and not be shot, you go with yep. the four. And if you're like, ah, oh, I really don't want to be there without a token, you can do a free and then you can at least have an extra green. Sure. Yeah. Cool. I mean, these guys kind of feel like gambles. It's not, you're not putting sure things on the table. As opposed to the uh, Jedi's you could fill up a list with. Yeah. But I mean, it depends on how, I mean, if you can get two of these for a Jedi, right? Um... Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, the feeling of the play style, I think, um, getting at, I mean, you're not going for, safe bets here you're going for while you're going for ac things right kind of janky things even yeah i think it also depends a lot somebody like like killer yeah um is is like sort of also very meta dependent because he's clearly much more attractive in a world where all these two hull ships are, you know, flying about. Yeah, like if there's a lot of A wings <laughs> or other C ninety fives or uh, I think it D1s. should be if the defender is damaged and has two or few hull remaining. It's yeah. I th- <laughs> Yeah. Did you do you think they intended it to just be uh I don't know, maybe he just praised the fighter way. hunter? Yeah, I don't know. Okay, he just shoots at things that dies easily. He, he takes the easy shots, right? right. One, one can wonder whether shooting an A wing is the easy shot ever, but but yeah, no, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you're getting a range three shot that if you're having a proton torpedo that has a real chance of actually one shotting. I mean, a real chance. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and if you can't afford a torpedo, then even like a plasma. Yeah. Like that also just pops. Well, got a decent chance. Like four dice and take a shield before you do the damage. Ah, do you see? Okay, so. Um, I think that rounds the new segment up. That is the news. So. Um, our next segment, which is probably sort of our main segment for today, we're going to look into uh, all the listener-submitted objectives for our Thule challenge. Yeah. And it actually even happens to be so that I've already been in touch with the winner, so I also have a new challenge to issue from the winner. Yes, and I have vetted it, and it's not horrible, so. (laughs) (laughs) 
but I would really like, I would have loved Steppy's voice here. So you, you're going to have to do your best Steppy impression. I think uh, we can agree that your voice is superior to mine in the in the reading department. Um, um, okay. Okay. So uh, just to sort of wrap up, I mean, normally we challenge each other on through the challenges, but we had, uh, I, I challenged the listeners last time and I challenged them to create objectives uh, for, you know, for, for, for 2.5 and, and submit them and our intention was to uh, to run a tournament uh, at some point in time. Um, then uh, just essentially just what, like what GSP is doing. We were just doing it like a week before them, but yeah, that's fine. Uh, so I've taken all the submissions we received, and then I went for each of them, and then I'm sort of rated on um, simplicity because simplicity is good. You don't want to. S- have to read through a rule book every two turns because the scenario is too complicated. Um, yeah. Then on theme, uh, which we also talked about when we reviewed the hosts' uh, takes on, on objectives uh, last time. And then I looked a little bit also on what I call uh, adaptability. Uh, okay. Which is like, I don't want... A, I don't. I don't think an objective should like too heavily favor like specific list things. Like, oh, this is so much better if you have seven ships, and it's useless if you have three, or the other way around. Like, right. Uh, or this only really works for aces, and they, everybody else can just punt, right? Um, and then I've, I look to balance, but I mean, I haven't play tested them, so who knows? All right. So. Um, so I'm just going to present the top three. Uh, so in, because I expect us to use three in the tournament. Um, sure. Yeah. Do like three rounds of Swiss and then whatever round of cut. I mean, I don't expect us to, to be enough people to, to need more than three rounds of Swiss. So in third place, we have Joshua Watson with his, Bounty hunting is a complicated profession. Ooh, sounds thematic. Yes. So basically, we have, it's like a variant of kill the VIP. Uh, So you set up and then you get a five point, a three point, a two point, and a one point token that you can assign to your ship. Zero to one token per ship. If you only have three ships, you you don't get the one and two point tokens. You get an extra three point token. So you get a five, a three, and a three. So basically, okay. you are assigning eleven points worth of tokens. And then, okay, if a ship dies, they give extra points as indicated by the token. All right. And I think uh, Joshua had written a little a little sort of piece on it that sort of explains his thinking of this. So. So this is where and we would want Steppy, but that's your cue now. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> that's it. That's all there is. But while bounty hunting is a complicated profession, being hunted is perhaps worse. Do you assign your five bounty to your tankiest ship, even though it's probably your most expensive? Meaning a kill almost guarantees your opponent's win. 
Or do you put it on something cheaper, quicker, more fragile? Do you joust it out and let the dice decide? Or do you play it cagey? Try to draw out their screening forces and then punch at the opportunity, opportune moment. This scenario is deceptively easy. Perhaps bounty hunting truly is a complicating pro- profession. Yeah, I, and I, I really like that because it is, I mean, it may be, like, again, no playtesting, it may be you play this free text yeah. and then there is, like, a clear way to do this. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I think it is interesting. Like, like, where do you put it? Like, do you just, you know, if you're a rebel list, do you just pop the five point on Harpy and then say, Harpy, go hide in a corner, don't get shot. Yeah. Um, or do you put it on the ship that is like most likely to win and then just, you know, put most it on likely to win, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, or you're a super tanky thing that you normally like. I mean, in the in the list, the scum list that I'm playing with at the moment, where there's like this mole that in in the in the gauntlet that probably doesn't die unless you absolutely focus everything into it. Yeah. I would be tempted to put the five point there and just say, okay, uh, why don't you try take me on with hate and reinforce. Um. Yeah, but on the other that's... hand, if I'm wrong, then I just gave up 13 points total, and that's probably the game. That's a big chunk. Um. Yeah. I mean, so this should uh, clear out, <laughs> clear out the uh, game in in a few. Um, no, not necessarily, because you can no. dance around in this one. No, and, no and I think table. that is that is perhaps the um, only the, drawback. It, yeah, the the drawback is perhaps that this would actually be quite good. I think for aces, it would be super risky because they would be worth so many points if you yeah if you had like your trip aces list right, but they could probably go in and surgically kill something and then just leave. And yeah. there's... Do you have the balls to actually commit your five point plus soon tier to, yeah. <laughs> to and attack I'm... vector? And I, I mean, I think if we look at all the other objectives, then then that is one of the things that sort of, uh, what should you say, characterizes them, is that if you decide to just leave and not play the game, i.e. just you know run for time, yeah. Then your opponent can just score at will, and you need to have a big lead in order to not lose them. And and this thing maybe has that as a danger. But I would say it does incentivize engagement and, and sort of makes it a little bit more complicated. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if it doesn't work, then... I think my first fix with it would be to say, what if your opponent assigned the points values? Yeah. I think that would actually be more interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it could. But, yeah. It makes it simpler uh, and possibly harder to abuse, but I think it makes it slightly less interesting. 
but I don't know. I we mean, will that see. would probably limit the list building in other ways than it would. And uh, yeah, if you assign yourself. Yeah, and I think, I mean, if uh, if what we were doing were like a single round thing, then I don't think mm -hmm. this would be that where people would be building for this particular objective specifically. Mm -hmm. I don't think it would be a good objective, but when you combine it with other objectives, then this could actually give some of the sort of some of what we liked about 2.0, right? And the more sort of ah, judging each other, looking for the good engagement kind of games. Mm -hmm. This 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 could lead there. Okay, so in second place. We have the one and only MCLIM with his Locate the Malfunctioning Droid. And this is a little bit cuckoo um, as an objective. All right. You, me? Yes. A droid containing important enemy plans are now floating around in the nothingness of space after a battle took place. Yes. So, um, for this one, you have three objective tokens. You put one in the center, and the two others on the sort of midline, range two from the neutral edges. So they form a line between you and your opponent. All right. Okay. And each of these tokens represents potentially the droid. So one of each of them is either the droid or it's a mimic that you think is the mm. droid. And you won't know until you scan it. And scanning it is the scenario action. Range one follows all the normal rules for scenario actions. You can't be coordinated, etc., etc. When you scan it, you roll a die. If you get a hit, you have found the real droid and you take it aboard your ship. If you get anything else, it's a mimic. Whether you found it or not, you remove the objective token from the game. And if it is uh, the only objective token left while you scan, it will always be the droid. So if that, if you scan twice right. unsuccessfully, okay. the third one will be that one. So you don't need to roll. Makes sense. And once you found the droid, you remove all the other objective tokens. And you just put the droid token like on your ship card. So the problem is that this droid is malfunctioning. So it sort of screws up your ship while you carry it. Oh. So so in the end phase, uh, during scoring, then you know the 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 ship that holds the droid scores three points, but also has to roll one die to see if that erratic droid does something to it. So on a blank or focus, it doesn't do anything. On a hit you start the next round with a weapons disabled token and on a crit you receive free iron tokens okay you really don't want that last one i think um if the ship holding the droid is destroyed the droid is ejected much like you would lose a box in the cargo scenario your opponent oh, okay. places it within range one of the ship before it's removed wah, wah, wah. wah, wah, wah. so the this thing where it's like one objective 
that moves or is carried. I think that is that sounds like like fun. And I think that the three points per round seems like a good balance between scoring enough for people wanting to pick it up, even though it might, you know, really be bad for the ship that picks it up. Yeah. And on the other hand, you know, they're not they, they it, the value is there to do it. But that is probably the the thing that might need to be tweaked during testing is like how many points is this? Yeah. So um and apparently this uh this one got some listener appreciation from uh this Liam guy. Yeah, yeah. Lee Sam from our chat. Well is he? He might be a friend of MCLIM. I don't know. Probably. Probably. A groupie. A groupie, yeah. Uh, so very strong theme. I think it is super simple. Uh, yeah. And as I said, it seemed reasonably balanced. Um, and yeah, there's a downside to holding the droid, but there's also quite a high reward. Uh, I don't think it's the most adaptable scenario. Uh but I feel, again, it suits good in a group of scenarios. Like the the things that are good at this are probably not the same things that are good at the other ones. Um, also because this, this doesn't require uh, as many actions as some others do. I mean, well, the last yeah, one we sure. talked about yeah. didn't require actions either. But number one, however, does. <laughs> I can guarantee you that one. So I think this is an interesting, like a replacement for boxes, where the other one we talked about before, with the bounty hunting is a complicated profession. I think it's a really good replacement for the like the dogfight or the chance encounter or whatever it's called. Right. So, finally, our winner is Torbjorn. The greedy pirate Nelson with his purgle hunt. Ooh. Go. Cue me. Yes. In the deepest of space, the beautiful, mysterious, and semi sentient purgles live. Flying through hyperspace from feeding ground to feeding ground where they Breathe by feeding on Cluzon 36 gas. <laughs> this often brings the Pergils into conflict with mining and gas refining operations, just as the Pergils' random nature tends to interfere with hyperspace flights routes, which make it dangerous for space travel in some areas of the galaxy. The Pergil also have some scientific interest by the study of their anatomy and how they convert the Cluson 36 gas into their powerful ability to make hyperspace jumps in an organic body. To get rid of these pesky beasts or to capture them for closer study, hunting parties are often sent out to areas where the pergils are known to feed. These hunting parties are sent out either by established powers on official missions or by smugglers 
who are seeking a prophet. Yes. Wow. And now yes. my mouth feels sticky. <laughs> I understand. So, yes, you are basically on a purgle hunt. Yeah. Uh, so there are five purgles on the board, each represented oh, yeah. by an objective token. And each of them has the potential to yield up to four points. And to score them, you need to use the object, the, the new the scenario action here is called Hooklash. And unlike all the other scenario actions we've seen, both in these and in uh, the MG scenarios, Hooklash is not just simply range 0 to 1. This is front arc range 1 to 2. Ooh, so you're kind of harpooning a whale. Yeah, something like that. And if you do that to a purple, so spend an action and in this your front arc range one to two, you get a piece of purple and that scores you one point or you get some scientific data, uh, whatever it is. Um, and, but however, whenever you do this, the purple will be like, ow, and move. And it will move up to three times and then it dies. Because Ooh. the third time you hooklash any individual purple, uh, it dies and you actually get an extra point. So you get one for the first, one for the second, and two for the last time. Mm. And that in itself makes some objectives tastier than others as the game progresses, I imagine, which I think is interesting, right? And yeah. I mean, if this scenario has anything wrong with it, it's probably that there might be too much going on. But I, I'm, I would really love to try this. So also, as you injure it, or, or whatever you do to it, at least it moves slower and slower. And you do this by, you start with three fuse tokens on each purple. And every time you move it, or every time you hook lash it, then the opponent, the one that didn't score the point, he has to move it away from the attacker all right. And he has to use a bank or a straight template of the same speed as the number of fuses. And then he removes a fuse. So first time, it's like a free straight or a free bank. So it's really fast. But then as, as it gets closer to death, it moves slower and slower. Yeah. And and it has only one direction to go in, right? Yeah. The, the objective tokens has like, there's like two ends where you can insert the objective uh, or the the, the yeah. template and the idea is that you insert them in the end that is pointing away from the attacker and okay. if it's like absolutely perfectly parallel i guess you just choose um yeah but uh, that's it actually and, it would probably be in some instances better to go the other way you know behind the attacker. yeah because the attacker is moving but yeah but but that's the uh, purgles are not that smart apparently i don't know but it actually does mean that, you know, that potentially you can sort of hurt them in front of you and keep shooting, I guess. Yeah, it's a, it's a good idea. Yeah. So uh, when they move, they can also overlap ships. And if they do, then the ships they overlap has like an effect similar to a gas cloud. So you get a strain, you roll for iron tokens, and you break all your locks. Ooh. Um, this only works, however, when the purgle moves onto a ship, not the other way around. And it doesn't affect your perform action step or anything. 
Okay. Uh, and you can also, if you end the turn on top of a purple, then you can still shoot. But you get essentially the same effects with the strain and the iron tokens. And remember that that I shoot and or I use the action, and then you get to move. So mm-hmm. uh, that could be some fun things there. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, you uh, move, and then you get to shoot it as well. Yeah, and then it get moves again. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if I shoot with my I six. Then you move it, and then you can perhaps move it into a position where you know that, okay, now I have two shots on it before yep. it's my turn to shoot again because you have two I-5s, and then you can kill it, and then I back one, and you back three that round. So That's actually interesting because the first shot is the biggest maneuver. Yes. And then, and then after, if you have two shots on it where you put it, the... Two bank isn't really that much. No, and yeah, and the last shot is like a one bank, but that absolutely doesn't matter because it dies at the end of the one yeah, bank. The only reason you yeah. do the one bank is you might just, you know, strain somebody or ionize them before it goes. All right. Yeah. So then there are the, the rules for sort of placing them, which is also different. Like uh, for the placement, you sort of put the you put the, the token in the center of board is like the purple king. It's like the oh. alpha purple. Um, and then the players essentially take turn placing the others sort of at range two. So it's quite specifically range two. So they need to be range two of the king, at range two of the king, and beyond range one of other purples. All right. And then you do just like the objectives, you place one on your own side of the board, the other one on the opponent's side, and then, well, you each place one on your own side, then you each place one on the opponent's side. And just on the opponent's side of the middle. It can be as close or as far from the middle as you want to, as long as you keep these at range two of the king thing going. So I guess they will end up forming a circle around the king to some extent. Um, but apart from that initial placement, then the king is just a purple like everybody else. He doesn't, you know, give more points yeah, yeah. or anything. And that's sort of where they start. But then as you start shooting them, they start spoofing around. And then there are some additional rules, which is like what happens when a purple tries to fly off the board and so on. And and that they are there to allow it to stay on the board. I think they are unsuited for going through on the podcast. Um, But I think this has like a really strong theme. Uh, as far as simplicity goes, it is quite complicated, but I think it's decently executed. Like you have the fuse tokens, yeah. and it's like, oh, free fuse tokens means a free template, and so it's sort of there's no dice rolling about whether you hit or not with the hook lash or, or whatever. Uh, um, uh, does tabletop support? Uh, maneuvering maneuvering an objective I don't think it does I think when you do that you will have to unlock the objective drop down a template and just sort of move it yourself and and, I mean hopefully you are not more competitive than you can live with that being like a few millimeters off every now and then Mm -hmm. it probably Mm -hmm. works better on a table um uh, I think it seems reasonably adaptable. 
And I mean, and again, it's a scenario where you can either play the objective really hard or you can just, you know, like if you decide that, okay, I'm just going to try to kill my opponent, then you still, you're sort of almost forced into playing the objective or think about it at least because you get to choose where these things go as they try to escape your opponents who's yeah. trying to score, right? Um, so, yeah. Heavy ship count on this objective, I, w- I think would be very uh, advantageous, I think. What, high ship counts? Yeah. yeah probably because... It doesn't really. You're not better at hunting them with a big ship than with a small ship. So. Yeah. Yeah, but on the other hand, if you have high ship counts, then. Then you're probably gonna be ramped by purgles a lot more. I guess. Uh, maybe. I mean, if you're shooting first, it moves away from you, right? Yeah, so it could be like that there's a strategy to sort of go up one side of the board and turn in and then start hurting them the other way. But, you know, your opponent can shoot from the other side. Onto and, your opponent. Yeah, and he can so shoot from there. you realize that you're a lower, yeah. lower initiative and he does it to you? Oh. I think um, as like a... And I think... There probably, I think there's a lot of interesting scenarios that has like a very high fun factor or brain teaser factor the first one or two times you play them, and then you might, you might, they might become less interesting as you go along. Yeah. And true. I think all these three could fall into that category, and you don't really know unless, unless you try them. Um, yeah, that's right. So yeah, so. Um, honorable mentions to all those who submitted scenarios uh, um, even though you didn't make the top three I yep. do... really great work yes uh, all, and... all those three were awesome yeah they and were the... and, and the, 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 the rest of them was also like really really good I mean I think uh, Torbjörn's place here was like pretty clear uh, in the descriptions and the theme and um, just the sort of brain tease of trying to figure out how this would work in practice and, and so on. I think the remaining field behind him was very close to each other, though. Uh, we did get a lot of takes on Chance Encounter. Um, and, and I mean, we could have taken any one of those. And I just picked uh, the... Bounty hunting is a complicated profession from Joshua there because it seemed like a more interesting one than, uh, than most of the others. So we are going to try to set up this. Uh, I think I came up with a name. I haven't checked it with you guys, so it might change. But I'm thinking we should call it the Thule Wild Space Cup because wild space is like where the rules are different or something. Sure. And we didn't even get to set a date, so I'm not going to announce that right now. Uh, I hope we will soon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a little bit hard with summer vacations and, and all that, and I really want yep. to, to get it off the ground. Um, so uh, there will be announcements on our Discord 
on our Facebook page and and of course on the on the first episode that we uh, that we make after the announcement. Um, I expect we will have like normal 2.5 standard list building and then do like a free yep. rounder yep. and probably do a, a top two cut unless there's so few players that the third round is actually the cut. Um, so for the cut and if we need to add a fourth round, we will be using scenarios that we developed uh, as hosts and they will not be revealed until after lists have been submitted or perhaps even until the game is to be played. <laughs> so, yeah. and I mean, it is, again, the realization that what we're trying to do here is perhaps not as much, you know, develop a scenario that can live through a full competitive season and never get broken. I think it's much more interesting to have something that may have some weak points, but... Uh, but you don't really know what they are until you've played it quite a few times. So who can find yep. them uh, on the first go, if they're that obvious, or at least who can sort of think on his feet and make the most of it? I think that is that's a different kind of challenge. So yeah, yes. But then, as I sort of alluded to earlier, Torbjorn has also won the right to challenge the hosts. Nice. Uh, and I received his challenge and I'm going to open it now. I did briefly read it over because I had to sort of check that it was not like silly. So, and this is actually a very, very good challenge. It is, I mean, it is probably better than the average of, of our Thule challenge, in my opinion. Interesting. And I'm intrigued. Yes. So, Torbjorn writes here. We all know that the greatest ships in the galaxy is the Star Viper. And it's even okay. better when it's flown by Guri. I would have to sort of cheer in the voice of Geesley here or something, because he would probably agree. When the Star Viper is re-released, it will come with folding wings just like the X-Wing, the B-Wing, and the Fang have gotten folding or rotating wings in the new sculpt. So, this is the challenge. Gisli is the judge, so he's not doing the challenge. Okay. The rest of the podcast host must design a config upgrade for the Star Viper with open and closed wings. So, I guess a dual-sided card would probably be the at least the obvious way to go. I don't know if there's anything else you can do. And makes sense. Yeah, okay. They must also design a pilot for the Star Viper that is designed around that Ooh. config. All right. And the winner is however the best designed config card. And then if Gisli who is judge and decides which one is the best uh, if he cannot choose, then the pilot card is the tiebreaker. And he yeah. finishes his message with happy bendy barrel rolling. Oh. How do you like them, Apples? 
Those are some apples. Yes. I mean, we're, we're going deep into <laughs> the development and, and content creation here. Uh, yeah, I mean, we told yeah. we told people to make a scenario. Now they want us to make a card. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, it's don't get me wrong. It's fun. It's uh, this is a good challenge. I agree. But I mean, I, are you good at drawing? Wait, we got to draw? I don't know. I mean, designing can mean a lot of things. Maybe there's a little picture on it. Oh, okay. So we're going <laughs> that way. No, I don't. I, I think textual will be enough, I guess. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. I get your point. All right. The game's on. It's on. It's on. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. So and maybe we hmm. don't, you know, tell Steppy. Then we'll see if right. he this to the podcast or, you know, <laughs> cut down the yeah. competition. Just tell him nothing, nothing really happened this podcast. So just, you know, kind of uh, fling it on him. Absolutely. Nothing to see here. So um, let's see. So, Jan, I'm, I'm thinking yeah. uh, if we actually go ahead with the Pink Editor host quiz of the week, I will be killing it, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm sort of thinking we'll <laughs> skip the quest this week. <laughs> As you heard last time, there might be consequences of being the best at the quiz. Uh, no, I mean, Gisley crushed the lore master yeah. type quiz, so he's going. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I sort of talked him into the whole let's set it up for being on the Lawmaster quiz. Then I put a Lawmaster quiz on. He won it, and then it backfired beautifully on him. It was great. <laughs> I need to reach out to Bruno. Okay, so uh, instead, some time ago, down in Nobbyland, Ooh. Um, there was a little tournament. And an itty bitty itty bitty tournament. And I'm just just need to get the visuals going. Uh here we go. Boom boom boom. The grand champion at the Comic Plus. And it is like two weeks ago today or something like that. A little more maybe. Uh, so let me just get the screen sharing going. Let's see, will this work? Boop. Okay, so here we go. Um, so, I mean, we have heard some people say before that you know Australia is a little bit upside down mm -hmm. and I mean in some ways they're like the rest of the people right there's like I think there was 30 participants eight of them chose to fly Republic well hardly surprising what I think is surprising is that only three of them decided to fly Rebel So it oh, was yeah, Re okay. Republic with eight, Scum and Villainy with seven, First Order with four, 
then three for Resistance, Empire, and Rebel, and two Separatists. So, I mean, that yeah. is, like, a bit surprising. Um, especially, perhaps, that First Order is, has such a high participation. But even better, of the four First Order lists, three of them made cut. I think it was a top eight cut, which oh, is wow. perhaps a little much for 30 players. Um, but 30 is sort of like they're between top four and top eight, right? Mm, yeah, probably, I, should I mean, probably I be top four. I think it's at twenty-five or more. It's top eight. Oh, okay. Um, so seventy-five percent of the first order lists made cut. The the, the first order also have an average performance of eighty-four <laughs> percent. That's massive. That is massive. Meanwhile. Uh, Empire had an average performance of 29%. Oh, God. And Rebels were at 20. What are you guys doing down there? 20 for the what? for the what super undercosted Rebels. I mean, maybe maybe the other players were just good and it was not the Rebels being bad. Who knows? Okay. Oh, okay. I see. There was a Chewbacca YT list there. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, That's good. Salad list. And then some A-Wings. Tenum, Braven. Okay. All right. We got the usual salad. Yeah, let's see. Like the most popular Rebel pilot were Sabine, Ren, and A-Wing. Yep. And Derek. Both had two. Yeah. All right. Silly. I mean, uh, all these things. Okay. All these Rebel pilots that were used. And none of them are really bad, right? I mean, it's... Oh, no. So, yeah. Um, what else to note? List sizes. Uh, five ships. Still the most popular, but four ships being quite popular. Like 13 of the 30 list was four ships. And 14 was five ships. And just three at three. Three at six ships. Hey, four and five. Yeah, and so and again, five ships did better, like sixty yeah. percent performance, where the other two are under fifty. So that makes sense. Right. Uh, what else do we have? We have some initiative things. Is that interesting? Uh, let's see. Initiative six works well. And yep. 62% performance. Yeah, just over half the list had the highest initiative at five, which sort of makes sense. It's like, I think this is just normal distribution, really. Um, the numbers are so low that the, like, even the 10% between initiative five and initiative six, the number of lists are so low that it might not really yeah. matter. Now, I should say that while the order is correct here, uh, for some reason, the um, uh, the final was not registered in uh, in List Fortress. At least not last I checked. No, uh, which means that um, that the TO is lazy and a scrub. I think. Or just sleeping on the sofa. No, I think that the the TO left. Our voice, our chat earlier because he had to go to work. 
Okay. So not naming any names. We shall name no nobbies. Really? No, oh, yeah, it's don't, nobby. Don't name nobby. It's nobby. Of course uh, it's nobby. I mean, it's Australia and they need a TO. Of course it's nobby. Yeah. Okay. So do you want to start with the top four? Uh, sure. Let me see. That's Joshua, right? Yes. All right. Uh, Joshua Mills. He was playing Scum and Villainy. Um, I have no idea how to read this score. <laughs> At least it was fourth place. Uh, Mo- oh, you, you divide by... Uh, yeah, a win is three points. Oh, so... So, and- so he won... He went... F- Rio, probably. Only three rounds? No, he has four wins. Oh, one of them is in the cut. He had, he went three two in the interest. All right. Three two, yeah, five games. There you go. Okay. Three two in Swiss and his list. Is Maul in the Gauntlet Fighter? His loadout is Malice, Gamut Key, Jabba the Hutt, Contraband, Dropseat Bay, Knight Brother, and Swivelwing. Wow. And uh, it, it's <laughs> like a, I don't want to move and play the game Maul. Yeah, it's that's uh, that's a fortress right there. Yep. And then we have Manaru. To give Maul some uh, token. No. Uh, Manaro has Notorious, Iron Torpedoes, Jamming Beam, Overturned Modulators, and Punishing One. And then we have a couple of, uh, a trio of fillers Sunny Bounder with Burnout Thrusters and Auto Blasters. Ahab, uh, naked, and Ndru Sulak, uh, naked. So, I mean, Hello. I just I just want to point out that this Sunny Bounder costs four points. Yeah, it's it's a lot of points for Sunny Bounder. Hello, Geastly. It's not Geastly. Oh, it's Stefan. Oh, Stabby! Heck you been? Uh, well, uh... Did you fall I'll... asleep on the couch? No, I was uh, writing, um, I was commentating on a football game, real football oh. game, not, not hand deck uh, for our American listeners. <laughs> uh, uh, so I had to uh, write that up and then I had to interview the, uh, uh, the coaches, both the winning and losing team. And then I had to write up the interview and that took a little bit longer sadly than i Boring. hoped that's I what know. she said <laughs> that's what she said it took well i i would think that that's what she'd want for things to take a little bit longer than you'd expect but you know well there are uh, <laughs> there's long and there's too long. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, uh, we'll need to bleep that out for the actual podcast <clears throat> i think Nah, don't worry. Nah. Yeah, I mean, you can write a memo to the editor. I'm sure he'll fix it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but I mean, I had written things in the show notes that were specifically for you to read. 
And I didn't read them. No, oh, I had Ed yeah. read them. It turns out Ed has a pretty good reading voice. Yeah, I can imagine. He has the, well, he has the ruggedly handsome looks to go with the voice as well. So I'm pretty sure. <laughs> exactly. And now he's giggling like a schoolgirl. Yeah. <laughs> Don't make me go all mango on your ass. Mm-hmm. Okay, but that so, might be hope for a quiz after this as well. But let's see. We skipped the quiz because with Ed as the only participant, it seemed like <laughs> a free like, point for Ed. <laughs> yeah, and I think if, uh, any, if anybody, he didn't need those free points, right? Uh, to be fair, yeah. how's that uh, any different than the other episodes? Ha ha! Shots fired. Okay, but right now we are down in Nobby Land uh, for the grants in uh, in Australia. Um, so uh, the other top four is John Haynes with First Order. Oh, First Order in the cut. We saw them do well. So here we have Major Von Reg, Daredevil Outmaneuvers, Burners, and Hall Upgrade. Lehus with Barrage Rocket, Hotshot Gunner, and Hall Upgrade. Gideon in the side class with Elusive, Patent Analyzer, Tactical Officer, and Commander Pyre. Malaris with cluster missiles, that's the FO version, and Rebus. That is a good list. Uh, that is a lot to think about. Yeah, I mean, this Von Reg. I mean, are you going to shoot at him? He's like five hull if you can even get him in to your arc. He's got afterburners. Yeah, and you're and probably done. not killing him. But if you're looking the other way, he's probably killing you. Um, unless you uh, uh, luck out on the initiative roll and you got a six as well, then you yeah. could pretty much. Yeah, but I mean, he's lost five hall, right? And he knows if he's moving before you that you're going to catch him, so he'll just deplete and sit there with, you know, like a like a focus and have some extra range. And I don't know. Sure. Mm-hmm. I think he's a good he's, he's good at holding his points. Oh, yeah, yeah. sure. I mean, five. Mm-hmm. Better than four. Absolutely. Okay. More. Yeah. Yeah. And he lost to uh, the eventual winner in uh, uh, in top four. Mm-hmm. So, Steppy, do you want to do yes. number two? <laughs> yes, I'm always doing number two. Okay. Well, uh, Matt Anderson. <laughs> Matt Anderson was flying the Galactic Republic. And he brought uh, the gauntlet with Bo-Katan Kreese. Is that how, how her last name is? Well, Bo-Katan anyway. Yes. Uh, yes. With, with Drop Seed Bay, Gauntlet, Kit Fisto. Ooh, I, uh, I like Kit yeah. Fisto. Corky Kreese, Marksmanship, Swivel Wing, and Wetter Tail Gunner. Mm, yeah, pretty, pretty decent. Yeah. Um, Hawk. Barrage Rockets, Com- Clone Commander Cody, Electronic Baffle, Ghost Company, and Trickshot. That, then is, we just, have... that is a good five-point ship. 
That is pretty decent for its points. And then we have Click in the V-Wing with Alpha 3B Bash Blazer Bomb. Ooh, the bleh. dedicated NR3 Astromach. Barris Offy, calibrated laser targeting, ion missiles, and R4P17, and then Contrail with Alpha 3B and Besh. The 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 Besh, uh, uh, although it doesn't okay. seem to do anything else. This is 20 points, but this is a pretty decent and hefty list for the Republic, right? Yeah, and we actually there's apparently a little bit of a problem in PPM. Uh, mm-hmm. because what it doesn't show is that Bo-Katan also had the Night Owl Commandos. Okay, I was wondering why they, they why she had the drop seed bay and no uh, no one to actually drop seed from it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, she did have the Night Owl Commandos. I think there's, there's some issue somewhere. I need to figure right. out what is wrong there. If um, you click the name Matt Anderson, you can see the Night Owl Commandos do not have a points value assigned to them. No, and oh. they're not. They don't have a real translation either. I, I, I have to say, you know, I'm always looking for a republic list. Uh, you know, well, I mainly, f- I am mainly still flying in 2.0, uh, but I'm always on the lookout for a good republic list in both 2.0 and 2.5, and I think this, this really might. Uh, it it it. Uh, it's a contender. Yeah, it's a kind of it. It it hits a few spots that I like to be hit, if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, I think there's so many interesting things here, and there are things that we don't see in the sort of traditional Republic list that are flown. I mean, obviously, Barris is there and Contrail is there. Okay, they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like this click, mm-hmm. uh, especially with the Blazer Bomb. Mm-hmm. That is feisty. Uh, I like the hawk, uh, mm-hmm. also known as uh, Swoop's new identity. Um, <laughs> well, that's what hawks do, right? They swoop. They they do swoop all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. the barrage rockets out the front, and you know, Ghost Company. And if you miss anything, then terrible things happen to other people. With Cody, and you have Trick Shot, uh, and those barrage rockets can really, really hurt. And and don't forget, if the if the turret is pointing out the front as well, he can actually reroll his own dice and shoot a four dice barrage, four dice obstructed barrage rocket for a, for a rock with rerolls. I mean, I'm in. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I had the well pleasure slash displeasure of flying against uh, commandos. It wasn't night owl commandos, so it was a different kind. But it was just, I think, the regular. Mandalorian, uh, you know, for it, you know, it was a scum list, so it was a you know Mandalorian thing. But you know, these crews and their, you know, that that whole thing can be hell to to fly against. You know, it's it's, uh, you know, they they add a new dimension to the whole. You know, um, engagement. Yeah, engagement. You know that yeah. you have to then be on the lookout for. Yeah. I mean, yeah. um, they do, they do, they do do a lot of things. I mean, he had one loss in Switch. That was when he was playing Salvage against another Republic list. So that's perhaps not surprising when you look at at his list here. 
like not a great sort of box carrier list. Mm-hmm. Like Bokuten and Hawk are not like the best ones to sweep around grabbing boxes. Um, but it was very short games, all of them, mm-hmm. like four or five rounds. Uh, he had an assault that went to six. And then we have a win mm-hmm. in 12 rounds. I don't know what happened in top four. Uh, mm-hmm. I cannot imagine this thing and the mall list we talked about before going 12 rounds. So that might mm-hmm. be a, a data quality issue. Mm-hmm. So um, okay. Yep. Yes. So uh, the winner. You want to do the winner, Aid? Sure. It's Matthew Deering. <gasps> and he had an FO list. And in the tie FO, we have Lieutenant Rivas, naked. In the side class shuttle, we got Gideon Hask, and he's sporting Fanatical, Center Buoy Suite, Advanced Optics, and Commander Pyre. And then another type. FO fighter Commander Malarus with cluster missiles. Uh, in Thai SF, Lieutenant Lee Hughes, sporting fanatical special forces gunner and rockets. Um, then in the Thai Baron Interceptor Major Wanrek with outmaneuver, daredevil, shield upgrade, and a hull upgrade. Jesus, that's a six, six health Wanrek. Yes. And, and notice that when we looked at the other FO that made uh, top four, these are the yep. exact same ships. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yep. the upgrades on Gideon, Lehus, and Von Reg are different. Yep. Is there anything in those upgrades that you can tell, you know, may have been the, the difference between first and third? You know, is there, uh, you know, or see. is it maybe just. Let's see, it's actually interesting to see. Did they fight each other at any point? Oh, they did. They had a top four game. Ooh. And that game ended twenty six to eighteen. Eighteen, yeah. So he 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 cleared the the board and scored six objectives, or you know, right? Or some variety uh, of that. It was scramble. So yeah. he must have killed Von Reg almost. Mm-hmm. Only who's on multiple ships, but something mm-hmm. died in the last round, and with the opponent yeah. having eighteen, that sounds like it was pretty close. Yeah, and yeah, it must have been a really, really interesting mirror match to watch. So that's, you know, I think I I know one thing. I think that's better in Matthew's list is uh, uh, the shield upgrade on one reg. I think it's better than the afterburners. Because with afterburners you have to do a three or faster, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. And Warner likes twos. Yes, yeah. he does like twos. He does. <laughs> but does. yeah, yeah, I think that's a good point. Wait, why that... does he like twos? Blue. blue. No, no, blue. the ones are blues. Oh, no, no. right. Well, two bank let's... is uh, blue. Okay, let's. Ch- let's oh, but, let's but I think isn't free bank blue as well? No. Is oh. it? 
No, that that's probably the whisper. Oh, it's a it's a okay. So yeah, it's it, you're actually right. The ones are blues, and then the, we have the two bank blues, but then it's just uh, the the three banks are white. Uh, but yeah. the yeah. point still stands. Here's a ship yeah. that that likes to go either one or two blue after you know stressing slash string itself. Uh, you know, in the, in the prior round. Yeah. And then you have to synergize that with uh, afterburners. So that could be a thing that, you know, sort of is a point in. That's my initial thought. Although having afterburners is probably nice if you're going, uh, if you're as a a first strike kind of thing, you're going like uh, fast forward. Or or reaching for for an objective, maybe even. Yeah. And then, you know, and then doing all your stuff. Yeah. Or running away, because, I mean, this thing is super hard to kill. Of course, it can die, but Mm -hmm. as long as it doesn't all die in one turn, then at least you have a chance to just, you know, like five forward afterburners get out of there. Yeah. Um, I guess it's situational. But I do agree that, I mean, there's there's some situations where you don't want to use afterburners because you might have dialed in a move that, that does the daredevil. And that is a boost. And you don't want to do the afterburners boost as a Kirby boost because then you're stressed. stressed. And then you can't do yeah. any actions. Um, so I can tend to agree. But on the other hand, I mean, if I think the, that the judgment call can be that five health is enough. And if you never need that sixth health, then it's better to have afterburners for like, oh, I did a free and I can actually arc dodge with them now. So it'll be fine. Yeah. So you're probably less reliant on Daredevil if you do afterburners. But the Lehuses are also quite different. Like this Lehuse is like a procket Lehuse, whereas the winning one is a barrage rocket. With hotshot gunner, this one is rockets with special forces. Interesting, because you can only proc it out the front. Yes, which means that if you put your your turret to the rear, then you proc it out the front, and then and if that you don't have that, then you, you know you can either double tap or at least get like a single shot with a two dice. But I mean, Lehus is I5, so you probably know which way to turn your turret, and it's a white rotate you can link from anything. So, but yeah, barrage rockets out the bag is just it's just dumb <laughs> and a little bit crazy. Yeah, but the rocket is like uh, it's not front arc; it's a turret arc. Yeah, the pocket will it, it, always be out the front. No, you can't. Because it's if it's facing at the bank, you can't shoot the pocket at the back. No. I mean, no, the, not, the, not out the, the front either. Yeah, but you can't shoot out the front because the, the heavy weapon turret ability says that it yeah. changes your front arc yeah. missile to a turret. That, but pocket is not a... Pro- Progit is not a front arc missile, so it, it isn't affected. 
by the chassis ability at all. All right. It so, just stays okay. there. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. But I'm a little bit confused about whether barrage rockets is actually affected. But yeah, I think we talked about that before. Like, technically, is a missile and a missile missile, is that the same kind of upgrade or is something completely different? I don't know. I think it probably is a missile, but arguments can be made. In any sure. event, All right. uh, pick up the litter, anyone? Uh, yeah. Wait, I, I at least want to take a look at the rebels. As yeah. always, I'm Googling Vader. Yeah, while you do that, I'm going to comment on number 11, and that is Nobby. And Nobby has zero A-wings in his list. What? He, ha he has CLT Anakin with instinctive aim, prockets, and predictive shot. Uh... CLC Obi-Wan with compassion, instinctive aim, and prockets. <laughs> okay, so that's a six and a five that is very maneuverable with prockets. And they can double reposition if they have to because they have instinctive aim. Oh, okay. Uh, Barry's Offy, CLC, concussion, instinctive aim. Okay, pretty standard. And then two Naboo handmaidens with iron torpedoes and passive sensors. That sounds like a fun list. And he also got Maybe. he also got free wins, I think. But didn't make cut. So I think when with top eight with this amount of players, it seemed like the, the tiebreakers were were quite important. Yeah. There isn't a single Vader in this uh, tournament. Aw. No, there was only three Imperial players. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I do do point your attention to then to number 16. Uh, Pablo Escobar uh, in Ostrosa. Uh, I'm mainly pointing this list out because he has the Mandalorian with Babu Freak, Burnout Thrusters, Cutthroat, Enduring, Greedo, Jabba the Hutt, and the Razor Crest title. Now... <laughs> It's no. just such a. I, I'm just trying to think about this sort of like thematic, you know, in what, yeah. you know, when you you have you have hey hey Babu Freak on the same boat as Green. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and as Babu's uh, running timeline. low on charges, then Bob the Jabba's just buying him extra charges somehow. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's. Or in what timeline <laughs> does the Jabba the Hutt not eat Babu Freak? Hey! <laughs> I don't know. I honestly do not. <laughs> but I mean, being able to just continuously do. I mean, that's just mods all the time. Yes. Wow. That's nice. And then he has an, an old T with clan training and Mandalorian optics and fearless and oh, iron torpedoes. That old T is like, oh yeah, 
I'm just get my focus and my target lock from over here. I don't care. And I also have fearless. Yeah. And a con and a pretty standard manaru. And then a gamut key, also sort of pretty standard gleb death bands. Yeah. But I mean, this was not a good tournament for Empire or Rebel. No. I mean, there's I mean, a two B wing, two A wing list in the 28th place. Tendon, Braylon, Sabine, Jake. And, oh, and third A wing, Derek Livian. Nice. I mean, in 27, we have Lachlan Moore flying Forska Coenace and what Tambor. Yeah. <laughs> I was like a five uh, uh, Belbull app list. Who says generics are dead? Uh, n number 28 says that, I think. Oh, 27. And, uh, sorry. Number 30. Number 30 also. Captain yeah, but Michael, I mean, that's Alpha Squadron pilots. We know they're not dead. Yeah, but they're 30th. That is true. That's true. So they are now dead. Yeah, dead to us at least. Yes. Okay. Uh, should we just... Should we do the quiz and, um, and get out of here? Sure. Okay. Let me... Oh, talk amongst yourselves. I, I need to find the quiz. So, Stefan. Yo. What's any football games lately? Uh, yeah. Well, uh. Uh, well, I've I've done two lately, and uh, it's a paid gig, so. Paid Do... gig over Eurovision, huh? Well, at least your uh, excuse for not making it is better than Keisley's, who actually was watching Eurovision and fell asleep on the couch. I mean, for you know, if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna watch Eurovision, then you better stay awake. I mean, yeah, I think that's what? the main main lesson you have to <laughs> draw from it. At least if you're gonna do a podcast right after, yeah. And if you're gonna fall asleep, then don't watch it. I mean, that's <laughs> I mean, that's that's what I would say. So, Jan, yeah, are you making this so shit up now? About that, I don't think I got the real link. Uh, okay. So, uh, so, um, all right. Uh, I'm almost there. Maybe. That's definitely not what she said. Uh, not in that tone of voice, at least. <laughs> Do I have the permissions I need for this? Again. Um, oh, we already did this quest. This is not the quest. Oh, that's the other quest. Then it's this quest. It's because I got two at once. Okay, I do have the quiz, but we can't actually do it because uh, because I don't have permission to see who answers what. Okay, so no quiz this time. Uh, saved All by right. the bell, Gisli. Uh And oh. uh, I'm sorry, listeners, that was fantastic content, watching me search for a quiz and then not find it. 
um, I'll take it up with the with the with the pink editor who who didn't or I didn't anyway. It was a great quiz, um, but you'll see it next time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, shall we just uh, shall we just call it yes. and uh, do them shout outs? Do them shout outs, yo! Hell yeah! So. Uh, do you wanna do you wanna start, Stubby? Yeah, I want to uh, shout out my opponent in the two point legacy tournament last time. None other than Dab. I think he's uh, the guy we had on right as one of the sort of creators of the two point legacy. Um, uh, Sorry, my COVID brain fog got the better of me there. Uh, he's one of the mods for the 2.0 Legacy Discord server. Mm. And uh, right. and I was playing him in the tournament, and uh, he uh, wiped the floor with me, 200-0. So for the May tournament, I've lost two games, uh, 0 to 200. So I have a fabulous MOV of 0 and two losses. <laughs> with Holy shit! With two weeks to go to to make up for lost time in, in the, the this month's tournament. So, so totally unrelated, Steppy. Is there by any chance a wooden spoon award in this tournament? Sadly, not. I I just think the guy who's at the top gets like a big old shout out, and the rest of us can go and suck it. I'm no. I'm sure that if somebody goes through four rounds. With zero MOV, then they have they to make might wood. get a shout out as well, and even a special segment on a special yes. podcast. Yes, I, I yes. think I think that that we might even you know do bad repping because <laughs> yes, I mean we haven't uh, seen anything like this since uh, uh, Geesley was tabled by uh, by the Silas Beast. Oh, yeah, that well, should have been when it was tabled by the Silas Beast. Oh, well... I wasn't tabled. Oh, sorry. When Stebby was tabled by the Silas Beast. Was I tabled? Yeah, I was he tabled. Won. But... I must have been tabled, right? But mine doesn't count. I was flying three Buings. Uh, that is true. And um, you weren't yeah. tabled, but Geesley was flying an actual list? Yeah. Well, I guess shout out to the Silas Beast. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Is so that it? Yeah, it. Uh, I will shout out Bob Howe, my opponent, in the same tournament. Ooh. Which... Oh, God, I want to talk about it, though. <laughs> I mean... No, I don't. I don't want to talk about it. He was a tremendous opponent. Flying phantoms of all things that I should be used to killing. But I <laughs> You don't yeah. want to I mean, talk. How can you go through a whole game and roll one evade? <laughs> well, all right. So, and then I'll uh, shout out Jesper. That's fair and wholesome. So... I want to start out by uh, shouting out the organizers of XTC and 
all my fellow captains there. We are sort of warming up for another round. Um, more information to come soon. So um, it will be once again going on TTS. Uh, the rest of the details are sort of being worked on, but uh, I think there will be plenty of X-Wing to watch this summer. Uh, again, it was a great fun last year. So, yeah, yep, and, uh, and and then I want to shout out Nobby. And I've been hard on you this episode, buddy, but uh, yeah, you've got to TO better and fly more A-Wings. Okay. And that's it. And that's it. So, everybody out there, uh, enjoy the springtime, or I guess the autumn, if you if you're noppy. Hmm. Um, <laughs> of course. Have a good uh, one. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Oh, and shout bye, out to Gisli. Oh yeah. So why? Why? Oh, the poor sob fell asleep. I mean, I mean, I know he's middle aged, but what the hell, man? Maybe he was dreaming of phantoms. Yeah. Well, buying a, a phantom in his in his imperial trooper suit, probably. Probably, I think that's it. Bye. Bye. Who needs that?